Hi, and welcome to the Living Room Scripture Lessons. My name is Brad Constantine, and this podcast series is going to be about the book of Genesis. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to, to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. If you're interested in a deep analysis of the book of Genesis, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy what you hear here, and if you have any questions, you can share, link, and subscribe. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Genesis Podcast. Uh, this is Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be Genesis chapter 15. Now, there are some things in this chapter that are a little bit strange to us Westerners that we don't understand. There are some sacrifices going on and some strange things happening here, but we'll see if we can't explain it and maybe uh, get a better understanding of it. Remember back in Genesis 11 that Abraham has promised that he would be a great nation but as yet he has no children. And so he's going to talk to the Lord about this and uh, get some clarifications. And a covenant's going to be made. Verse 1. Now again, I'm reading from the Joseph Smith translation, which is quite a bit different from the King James Version. So uh, as you're following along, it might be a little different. Verse 1. And it came to pass that after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I will be thy shield, and I will be thy exceeding great reward. And according to the blessings of my servant, I will give unto thee. Remember that uh, in the last chapter, um, Abraham has just been uh, has just rescued Lot. Uh, one of the things that is that he need, that he's afraid of now is that because of his having gone to war against those nations, that there might be some others that may think of him as a threat and want to attack him. And so now he's a little bit fearful that maybe he's uh, opened himself up to destruction. So Jehovah here is promising him that he's going to be protecting him. Verse 2, Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And Eleazar of Damascus was made the steward of my house. In other words, he's made this steward to be his heir because he doesn't have any children. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house. In other words, that means a son of my house is mine heir, meaning that those that he's been taking care of. Uh, this is the heir. Verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him again, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. So you're going to have a, a child of your own. And he brought him forth abroad, and he said, Look now toward heaven, and tell, or count, the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And Abram said, Lord God, how wilt thou give me this land for an everlasting inheritance? And the Lord said, Though thou wast dead, yet am I not able to give it thee? And if thou shalt die, yet thou shalt possess it. For the day cometh that the Son of Man shall live, but how can he live if he be not dead? He must first be quickened. He's talking here about Abraham's eternal inheritance upon the earth. All of the prophets of the Old Testament knew more about Jesus Christ than our present Old Testament is talking about. Here's a pretty um, a good description here that he's talking about uh, Jehovah, Jesus Christ. And the next verse, And it came to pass that Abram looked forth and saw the days of the Son of Man and was glad, and his soul found rest. And he believed in the Lord, and the Lord counted it unto him for righteousness. And the Lord said unto him, I, the Lord brought thee out of, out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And Abram said, Lord, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Yet he believed God. So here's, there's a covenant now going to be made. And the Lord said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old, 
and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Okay, what's going on? Why does he signify three years? Now, keep in mind about the Israelites, that when they um, go off into Egypt, that they're there for 300 years, and then another year. And the year that, that 400th year is the year that they're, they're freed. Uh, so this, the three years here is representing how long they're going to be in Israel. And I'll read a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Verse 10. And he took unto him all these, and he divided them in the midst. In other words, he cut these uh, animals in half and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. He didn't cut the birds in half. In a covenant between two people, both people would walk between the divided animals to signify that they are not divided. Abram was waiting for God to appear to walk with him through the carcasses. So he has these animals that have been cut into pieces. They're put on in the middle. They're put side by. They're put uh, one half in one area and half on the other. <clears throat> and then, according to the ancient covenants, that they would walk between those to signify that they aren't divided, but that the animals that have been sacrificed are divided. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, <clears throat> a great horror of darkness fell upon him. Kind of like what Joseph Smith experienced when the darkness came across him when he was uh, doing the praying in the grove. And the Lord spake, and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land which shall not be theirs. And shall, and shall serve strangers, and they shall be afflicted and serve them 400 years. Uh, talking about them being in Egypt. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And that's the Exodus when they take all the wealth, uh, a lot of the wealth out of Egypt with them. And thou shalt die and go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old, good old age. But in the fourth generation, so remember we've talked about the three animals, the three generations, and now we're talking about in the fourth generation. They shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So the fourth generation of Levi's descendants are named, uh, they include Levi, Kohath, Amram, and Moses. So from the, in the fourth generation, Moses is the fourth generation from Levi. When the Israelites come out of the land of Canaan, they are commanded to kill all the Canaanites. Verse 17, And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. These are symbols of Jehovah. And these are what the symbols are in the, in the tabernacle when they have the large um, candelabra, the lamp. That'll be a symbol of Jehovah and his light which passed between those pieces which Abram had divided. So, so he sees this smoking furnace and a burning lamp that are going in between these uh, animals that have been split in half. And in that same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt, from the Wadi El Arish in northern Sinai, unto the great river Euphrates. This area of land is larger than Israel has ever possessed. So this is a, an area that they haven't even, they've never even occupied ever. So the land that Abraham received is far greater than what they've got today or ever. Uh, the Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Kadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Raphaims and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. So that's the description of the lands that he's going to inherit. Now let me just read you a thing here from Alfred Edersheim, who is a Bible scholar in the early 1900s that explains what this sacrifice here was that Abraham was was seeing in this vision and the purpose of it. To confirm this faith, Jehovah now gave to Abram a sign and a seal, which yet were such once more only to his faith. 
he entered into a covenant with him. For this purpose, the Lord directed Abram to bring an heifer, a she-goat, and a ram, each of three years old, also a turtle dove and a young pigeon. These sacrifices, for they were all representatives of the kinds afterwards used as sacrifices, were to be divided and the pieces laid one against the other. As the custom was in making a covenant, the covenanting parties always passing between them, as it were, to show that now they were no, there was no longer to be division, but that what had been divided was to be considered as one between them. But here, at the first, no covenanting party appeared at all to pass between the divided sacrifices. All day long, as it seemed to Abraham, or Abram, he sat watching lonely, only driving, away, driving from the carcasses the birds of prey which came down upon them. So it seemed to the eye of sense, presently even gathered around, a deep sleep and a horror of great darkness fell upon Abram. The age of each sacrificed animal, the long lonely day, the birds of prey swooping around in the horror that had come with the night, all betokened what Jehovah now foretold. How for three generations the seed of Abraham should be afflicted in Egypt, but in the fourth, when the measure of the iniquity of the present inhabitants of Canaan would be full, they were to return and enter on the promised possession of the land. As for Abram himself, he was to go to his fathers in peace. Then it was that the covenant was made, not as usually by both parties passing between the divided sacrifice, but by Jehovah alone doing so. Since the covenant was that of grace in which one party alone, God, undertook all the obligations, while the other received all the benefits. For the first time did Abram see passing between those pieces the smoking furnace and the burning lamp, the divine brightness enwrapped in a cloud, just as Moses saw it in the bush, and the children of Israel of their wilderness march, as, and as it afterwards dwelt in the sanctuary above the mercy seat and between the cherubim. This was the first vision vouchsafed to Abram, the first stage of the covenant into which God entered into, into with him, and the first appearance of the glory of the Lord. At the same time, what may be called the personal promise to Abram was also enlarged, and the boundaries of the land clearly defined as stretching from the Nile in the west to the Euphrates in the east, an extent, it may be here observed, which the Holy Land has never yet attained, not even in the most flourishing days of the Hebrew monarchy. So that helps us, I guess, or I think get a better understanding of what uh, is happening here with this um, sacrifices that Abram's doing and of the covenant that God was making with him of the, of the land and of posterity. I uh, hope that this was helpful and uh, gets a better understanding of what's going on here with Abraham. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. This was a short one, so uh, be thankful.